Thanks for listening to the Swearing In Podcast, where you'll hear the origin stories of those who chose to serve. So ground your gear, take a seat, and listen up. The Swearing In Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Swearing In Podcast. I am your host, Marty Smith. Today is a special episode of the podcast. Yesterday, on January 10th, 2023, we lost a brother in service. Air Force Staff Sergeant Retired John Anderson passed away at the age of 92. In his honor, I am reposting his interview from December 2021. Thank you, John, for your service to our country, and may God bless you and your family. Today, my guest is U.S. Air Force Staff Sergeant Retired John Andy Anderson. Andy grew up in Belford, New Jersey, and joined the Army in 1947 at 17 years old. He attended basic training at Lackland Air Force Base, Texas, followed by his first assignment at Fort Lewis, Washington. He went TDY to Howard Air Force Base, Panama, before being reassigned to Fort Slocum, New York. There, he was given the chance to cross over into the newly formed Air Force. Afterwards, he was sent to Lowry Air Force Base, Colorado, where he married his wife of 60 years. In 1952, he was assigned to March Air Force Base, California, as part of Strategic Air Command. Two years later, he was assigned to Guam. After that, he went to Lincoln, Nebraska, Taiwan, and then retired in 1967 out of Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico. After retiring from the military, he became a deputy sheriff for Arapahoe County, Colorado. Later, Andy joined the post office and returned to the work he did in the military. He then retired from the post office in 1988. So now, I present to you Staff Sergeant John Andy Anderson. Uh, Today, I'm joined by retired Staff Sergeant John Anderson from the United States Air Force. John, thanks for speaking with me today. I appreciate it. Where did you grow up then? New, New Jersey? I, I, grew, I was born in New Jersey. Why did, why did you, where, when did you graduate? I never graduated. No? No, that's another story. Okay. <laughs> when I was 16, I was in high school. Okay. We had an ex-Marine captain was our teacher. Oh. He called me a son of a bitch, and I hauled off and hit him one time. <laughs> Set him right on his butt. Really? And, uh, of course, the kids all started hollering. They don't know. Sure. The principal came in. And he got fired. I lost my education in the state of New Jersey. They kicked you out? They kicked me out of school. I couldn't <laughs> go back nowhere. What year was that? Do you remember? Yeah, in 46. 46. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good punch, though. Oh, yeah. I only hit him one time. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Here's this guy as an ex-captain in the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, and he wasn't no little sucker either. <laughs> yeah. The kids, all they, they thought that was great. <laughs> sure, because they're not the ones getting kicked out of school. Right, yeah, you know, so. So, uh. Now you're out of school. I'm out of school, and I was working on a farm. Okay. Because that's that's what I really liked to do back in those days. What part of New Jersey was that? In uh, Belford. Belford. Yeah. All right. I worked there for, oh, God, four, three, four, five, six months. What kind of farm was it? Well, tomatoes, beans. Oh, okay. Turnips. We would cut. I mean, 200 bags of turnips every morning. Cut them down, take the roots off, and and cut tops off of them. Some hard work. Sack them up. And we we sent a truck of turnips to Boston every night. Every night? Every night we sent a truckload of turnips to Boston every night. Then the rest of that day, we either pick beans or pick tomatoes. Now, how much? Uh, how much? If, if I may ask, how much were they paying you for that? Fifty cents a day. A day. A day. 
<clears throat> I I started working when I was ten, and I was pumping gas and stocking shelves in a sure. store like Seven Eleven is now. Right. We didn't have very many of those back in those they days. They make you wear the little hat and everything. No, them. no, we didn't have anything like that. Okay. And uh, I worked twelve hours a day, six days a week, and I got paid three dollars a week. Oh my goodness. That's, that's hard tell, to fathom. It's hard you, to imagine. You tell kids that today, and they think you was nuts. What, but what else was it, right? Yeah, no. Hell, that was good pay. Yeah, sure, sure. So then I went to work for this farmer, and I got $3, $3 a week again. <laughs> then he said he wanted to try something. So he gave us a nickel a bushel for tomatoes. To go pick them? Go pick them. Okay. We got a nickel a bushel. And now a bushel's a uh, a basket? Or? A bushel basket, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I picked 30 bushel of tomatoes that day. 30? You know, so you, you can figure out. Uh, they give you gloves or you're just doing it barehanded? Barehanded. Oh, oh yeah. Geez. God, your hands stunk. They turned green. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he paid us a nickel a bushel. Wow. So I made a dollar and a half, that, and a half. that day. But that's the last day I made a dollar and a half. Oh, was <laughs> he said he was paying too much money to, uh, and that's another thing. We send a truckload of tomatoes to Boston every night. Yeah, yeah. Every night. We'd pick them, and then we'd go in the, in the uh, barn about 4 o'clock, and we'd sort them. Yeah. Put them in crates and load the truck and. So this is kind of a sun up to sundown kind of work day, right? Oh, yeah, we went to work at six and we got off at six. Jeez, oh, jeez. Or you got off whenever you got those bu- those those bags or bushels ready, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> cut turnips from six until about nine, and we sacked them and sewed the gunny sacks up. Yeah. Until about ten, and then we'd go pick tomatoes or beans or whatever. So you whatever did that for six months. Yeah, six months. What happened in six well, months? I worked on a farm for, oh, God, two or three years. Oh, before that. Yeah. 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 I, I worked on a farm for two or three years. And uh, when I got as a freshman in high school, I uh, we had a greenhouse uh-huh. area where you, you took that as a class. Oh, for, you did? For farming. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Farming and uh, that would make sense since that's pot and flower, pot and flowers. Yeah, we'd sell geranium plants on uh, Memorial Day. Oh, you did thousands of them. Sometimes we sold ten, ten thousand of them. God, we'd, we'd cut the plants, you know, yeah. the big plants, and cut right. the little little sprints off, and put this powder on the bottom, punch them down in the dirt, and then they grow. God, that's a lot. So, and we, we did that for, like I say, then. I was working one day, and and the lady that we, Mrs. Miller, that we lived with, she called. And she said she needed me right away. Yeah. Well, she had dropsy, which is water. Oh. On her on her heart and her legs, and hell, her legs were like this. Oh, swell up, swell up with yeah. water. And she called me. and She said she needed my help. So I jumped on my bicycle and I rode the four miles. Yeah. Oh, I got home. And here's this girlfriend of mine, her dad. He was in the painting business. Yeah. So he said he'd pay me $5 a day to go paint houses, church steeples, water towers. Wow. And shit like this, you know. That's quite a step up in pay. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. That was $5 a day. That was $30 a week. That's better than $3 a week, (laughs) right? And uh, I was getting, what, $120 a month? And I gave that up for $60 a month to go in the Army. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. Is that what the Army paid you? That's what what starting pay was back in $47, $60. So what convinced you? You joined in 47? At 17? Yeah, yeah, I I didn't figure I was going anywhere working on a farm. Sure. Or painting houses either, you know. Painting, that that was a hell of a job. Yeah. So I said, well, shit. 
there wasn't no jobs because all the guys coming back from World War II. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were taking all the jobs and all the money, you know. Right. So I said, the hell, I might as well just join the Army. Yeah. So I got up to New York and I took my physical. But then I had to go back down to Red Bank, New Jersey, where the social worker lived. Because I was only 17. That's right. You had to have somebody sign for you. That's right. So, and uh, she cried, and oh, God, I tell you. I she didn't she, want you to go, huh? No, she didn't want me to go in the military. I told her, well, you know, there's no work. Yeah. So what can I do? Yeah, yeah. So, and I said, you know, I might like it. I might stay. Right. And uh, so she signed the paperwork. And, and you were under the social worker. Yeah. Because your parents had passed Yeah, already, they passed. Right? So. Back in, uh, my dad was killed in a car accident in 31, and my mother died, and my other younger brother died in 30, the end of 32, and my mother died in 33. What? Jeez. So I've been an orphan all my life. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that's why the social worker was signing for you to go with. Yeah, yeah, that's, she had to sign for me because she was the only one that could. Okay. So I went in the Army. Where was your basic training at? I took it. Basic training was at the uh, Lackland Air Force Base. Lackland? Lackland, yeah. And hell, we was all in the Army. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. And I thought, now what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Should have went to Fort Dix. It was closest. Yeah. Got done with basic training. Uh, Mrs. Miller had passed away, so I went home for a, for her funeral. And in the meantime, I was picked to go to radio school because I, I didn't get there on time. I lost out on school. Oh. <laughs> so I got sent up to Fort, Fort uh, Washington, uh, Fort Lewis, and uh, I was put in the motor pool as a dispatcher and whatnot, you know. And yeah, I, you weren't and, a mechanic, yeah, right? I was a young kid, 17 years old. I didn't know no shit. Wow, you went from Jersey down to Texas. Then up to Washington. Washington. I was there six months. Five months because I left. Was that, that was that for training? No, that was my duty assignment. So it was like 48 when you were up there? Yeah, 47. 47 still? Well, okay. I got up there in December of 47. Okay. And I left in May of 48. And where'd you go to? Panama. <laughs> Panama. <laughs> I had a good job there. Hell, I... Making all the vehicles and st and uh, flight line vehicles, yeah. uh, cleat tracks and, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did all the uh, paperwork to make sure they had their maintenance and all this and that. You know, yeah. that was a good job. Do we have an outpost out there down there? We had. Uh, was there a fort or? Oh yeah, we uh, had Howard Air Force Base. Was a fighter base. We had Fort Clayton was a was a hospital. Okay. Then we had a Marine base in Panama and a uh, Navy base. Yeah. On the East Coast and on the West Coast. Where'd they put you guys up at? We were stationed, in, we uh, lived at Howard Air Force Base. Oh, you did? Okay. Not bad accommodations, I guess. Oh, no, no. We used to go to town every night. And here oh, I am, 17 <laughs> year old smart ass. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's when I got into boxing. Well, that was a, that was the thing back then, though, right? That oh, was yeah. uh, boxing. Well, it, it was comical. Oh, what's you'd get in the ring on Friday night or Saturday night. Uh, base services, yeah, put on boxing matches. Sure. Now, if you won, you got six bucks. Oh yeah. If you lost, you got three. Huh. So the guy either beat the shit out of you, or you beat the shit out of him, and then you join at nine bucks and go get drunk. <laughs> That's not a bad deal. Yeah. Oh no, no, we did that for oh god. Yeah, you, know, you kind of miss that. Uh, uh, boxing was such a big part, I think, of America during that time, and oh, always Joe Lewis and sure, sure. You know, but even going down the community level, the Golden Gloves. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of fighters came out of golden gloves, you know, a lot of great yeah, fighters. I had a, a guy on the boxing team with me that, uh, he, he murdered a guy in New York Oh, and he had a choice. He went in the army or go to jail. And so he went in the army, but he could box. He, he was a heavyweight golden gloves, heavyweight oh. champion of New York. Wow. Back in 47. Did you learn anything from him? Oh yeah. Learned a lot. Really? <laughs> oh Yeah. 
I got the first fight I had, I hit the guy twice and broke his jaw. Second fight I had, I hit the guy three times and broke two ribs. Then I got where I was scared to hit somebody. Really? So I'd hit him right in here. Oh, yeah. I I won the first six fights, and then this guy from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Army guy. They they brought their boxing team over there, and he beat the living shit out of me. Really? Well, I I played baseball, too. Yeah. I was a catcher. Yeah. And I got hit in the right eye when the guy swung all the way around and the ball oh. came and hit me in the eye. Yeah. And I got where I was losing my sight. And this time he picked that up in the first round. No kidding. That I couldn't see out of that right eye. So he kept and, moving uh, your right? Oh, yeah. And I kept, I kept getting away from him, but he kept punching that right eye oh. on the right side of my head. You know, God, he just beat me to a pulp. I quit right there. <laughs> that, that was the last fight I had. <laughs> no more of that crap. And that's when we'd go to town every night, every night. Sure. And you didn't have to be 18 or 20 or anything like that. You'd right. Go in, you'd go right. in the bar and, and back down in those days, the old bars down there had the old Western swinging doors. Oh, did they? <laughs> that's all they had. <laughs> and uh, we would go in and. We'd fight the Marines tonight. They'd beat their ass. We'd fight the Marines tomorrow night. We'd beat their ass. <laughs> Every night was the same damn thing, you know, yeah. for for a year and a half. <laughs> you fighting yeah. over the girls, too? No. Oh. No. Mm-mm. Just fighting each other. Just fighting the GIs, fighting each other, <laughs> just to have something to do, you yeah, know. Sure, sure. Oh, God. Then you'd get done fighting, you all sat there and have a drink together. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it was amazing. Um, yeah, no malice towards each other. It's just no, uh, no, I'll just have something to do. Once you're tired, then you drink and yeah, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you stayed down there for two years or a year and a half? I was down there from May of 47, or, yeah, May of 48 until August of 49. We were done with our work down there, so they sent part of us back to the States. Do you remember what the work was? Why they went down there in the first place? What yeah, they were doing? Uh, to extend the uh, runways on the oh, airbase okay. for the fighter jets. Yeah, yeah. So the jets could land there. It so, was good work. Like I say, I drove a truck. Then I worked in a dispatch shop for the for the motor pool. That's not bad. No, huh? it was good inside work. That's well, like, when yeah. I that's when I started working in in uh, behind the desk. <laughs> Right. You know, and, and I stayed uh, the rest of my career. I was worked behind the desk. Well, you went back to Fort Lewis? No, we went to Fort Slocum, New York for reassignment. And that was? Um, In August of 49. And that was when they gave you the choice, choice to join and, yeah. the newly formed Air Force right. or stay in the Army. Yeah. And wow, that's I, I think 80% of us took the Air Force. Do you remember why everybody did? Is this like, hey, they're going to treat you better? Or? Well, we thought we was going to get treated a lot better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but And we all had a chance to go into school. So I was supposed to go to a crash fire and rescue school. Oh, that'd be interesting. It was really a good school. And and I thought I could, you know, if I ever got out, I could yeah, get that a would job with the fire departments, you yeah. know. I was at Lowry. For about three, four months. And the week I was supposed to start school, they canceled school. <laughs> they done away with it. So what you chose the Air Force, then they sent you from Slocum over to Lowry. Over to Lowry, yeah. All right. And you're waiting for your school and they canceled the school. Scanned the school. So I was a, I worked in the orderly room there in the uh, 3420th student squadron. Yeah. And when they closed the school, the base put me in there permanently. Oh, that's just your job now. That, that was my job. I uh, <coughs> took care of the duty roster and then a whole bunch of other crap. Yeah. Checking the barracks out and all this and that. Administrative guy. Yeah. And I, I made corporal. Okay. And then I was outside the orderly room one day. And I was a sticker for a uniform. Yeah. If you wrote on your uniform, 
you scrubbed it, you washed it, and I had a rock about that big sitting out in the middle of about a five-acre field. Yeah. And that's where you stood and held up your hat or your uniform until it was dry. <laughs> and I was standing there one day, and, and I had this kid out there, and his Jeep pulled up. It was a full bird. Oh. And he says, son, can you tell me why that man is standing out there on that rock <laughs> holding that uniform up in the air? I said, yes, sir. I put him there. Because he took his and wrote, uh, I think he had New York City, because he was from New York. Yeah. Wrote New York City on the back of his fatigues. And I had him scrub them. Good. And put them out there and let them dry. And next week I made Buck's Arden. Oh, he did? Yeah. He did. <laughs> and the colonel liked that. Yeah, he, he, he promoted me to Buck's Arden on his say so. Huh. Okay. Which was good back in those days. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I stayed there for, oh, God. I'm getting confused with my years now. This was all at Lowry. Right? Yeah. It was 49, <coughs> 49. Yeah, 1950. Okay. I wanted to do something different. Yeah. After that. And, and, and I run the mail room there for the squadron. And I had the only mailroom on the base that passed inspection. <laughs> so the uh, major that was running the, the uh, base locator and the, and the uh, base adjutant's office, he called me over and, and wanted me to go to work in the base postal section. Oh, good. So I did. Whip it into shape, uh, as it were? Yeah, I was there for about six months, and I made staff sergeant. And this was in March of 52. Jesus, you're moving right on up. Yeah, right. You know, I figured, hell, by this the hell, I'd be a master sergeant, no problem yeah, at all. Yeah, sure, sure. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was still a staff sergeant when I retired 18 years later. <laughs> God, 16 years later. <clears throat> but I got married in 51. My wife was from Grand Valley on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. But when she graduated out of high school, she came over here for the summer to get a job. Uh -huh. So Herman and I met, and we, we got married three months later. Oh, quick mover. She had a scholarship to Gunnison College. Okay. Four years. Wow. She didn't take it. She married me. <laughs> I never figured that one out. But I never knew. I never knew that she had the scholarship. Oh, no. She never told you. And she never told me until she passed away 10 years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. And I was cleaning the uh, bottom drawer of the filing cabinet out. And here I find, here she was the valedictorian of her class. Wow. She had four-year scholarship to Gunnison. And she marries me. You found all that after in, she in passed In the bottom away. drawer of the filing cabinet. I knew nothing about it. She never told you? No. Mm -mm. How long were you together for Sixty years. Sixty years. Golly. That's a long time. <laughs> well, you're doing pretty good. You're are you ninety? Ninety what? Going on going on ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah. So let's see four five months ago I turned ninety one. Ah, uh, happy birthday, late birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a sharpshooter in the military for twenty years. Oh, you were? Yeah, I have the you had the badge and everything. Yeah. We got the sharpshooters medal with yeah, all yeah. how many clusters on it. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, where'd you learn to shoot like that? I never fired a gun in my life until I went in the army. Yeah, and uh, that's the old M ones you guys were using. Oh yeah, that's the old M up at Fort Lewis. We had a two hundred acre range and a five hundred acre range. Wow, and five hundred yards. Yeah, and that's where I learned to shoot. Yeah. It was up there because I could hit that target 500 yards <sighs> 20 times out of 20. Really? You know, and, and of course, they couldn't believe it when a kid never shot nothing in his life like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Never had any training. Never had no training. Never had nothing. Never had a gun. Yeah. And then he became a hell of a, a, hell of a hunter. Yeah. Then I got down to Panama, and we had to qualify every month. Okay. We had to go every month. Every oh, that's month. a lot. 
every month because we was overseas. Yeah, yeah. And we qualified every month. Well, the first first couple of times we went, there was about eight of us, I guess. We couldn't hit the target to save our ass. Really? But you had to stay there until you qualified. Yeah. Shit, sometimes we'd be there four or five days, <laughs> you know. And then this lieutenant came out one day and says, all right, you suckers think you're screwing around with the Army? Oh. Anybody that don't qualify today is on KP for a month. Hmm? Every damn one of us qualified. <laughs> God, yeah. Was that the old ranges where the guys were down range and they were holding, yeah, holding up, pushing the targets? Yeah, oh up? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my goodness. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's where I first shot a Thompson machine gun. Oh, that had to be fun. It was fun. I cut both legs off of the target. Did you? <laughs> You're not the first one to tell me that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just pulled the trigger and hell and away went. You know. What's the what did the Thompson have? Was it was they were they forty five? Forty five. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of metal you're throwing down. Yeah, yeah, that's so. I heard that was a good gun. It was it was a great gun, but only so many people had them. Right, right. Then we had that BAR. Yeah, which was the M one with a little bit bigger shell. Is that what it was? I carried one of them for a while. One pack pack, but much it. Yeah, yeah. We got to where we had the uh, carbine. Oh, you did? When they switched from the rifle to the carbine. Yeah. Did you like that better? Oh, yeah. That was a, a lot of, a hell of a lot lighter, too. Oh, it was? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, okay. That M1 weighed 14 pounds. Yeah, that was a heavy sucker. Yeah. you know, Accurate, yeah. but really heavy. Huh? You know, I bought one of those for hunting deer stuff. Brand new. Yeah. Paid $25 for it. <laughs> and uh, still in the Cosmoline. Still, uh, say that again. In the Cosmoline where they packed them for shipping. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was still in that. It took my brother-in-law and I a week <laughs> to clean that damn thing oh. up so you could shoot it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I had a three hundred Winchester. Oh, good. Which was a hell of a good gun for Old reliable, right? Uh, hell, I could. I shot a elk at 800 yards. Oh, with that damn gun. Really? Yeah. Do you use your windage on that? Do you aim way above it? And... Yeah. And I had my sight set perfect for windage. Oh, you did? It was, it was amazing. God, what a shot. When did you leave Lowry? In November of 1954. No, 52. 52? Yeah, okay. so I was stationed there for three years. And they gave you orders to? March Field out in California. Oh, you went to March? I went to March Field. That was my first duty assignment in SAC. Oh, you're strategic like say, command now. When SAC double-checked all the damn people they wanted, they took three of us out of the post office there at uh, Lowry and <laughs> sent us out to March Field. Oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> Another staff sergeant and a corporal. Huh. And and when you once got in the sack, you, you were there. Apparently, like he said, like he told me, yeah, yeah, right. And then when I changed my got my postal AFSC back, I wasn't authorized anywhere but overseas. <laughs> oh, you weren't really. So I told the wife, I said, you know, we'll be gone out of here in ninety days. I can guarantee you. Yeah, we was gone sixty out of March. Out of March, no, out of uh, Lowry. Oh, once yeah. you got that, and then yeah, they sent see, you to I March. Yeah, I went sorry. to March, and then in uh, 53, I went to England with the bomber outfit. Wow. For rotation. And How long I, did you stay out there? Uh, we was there 90 days. Oh, okay. So just uh, I came back in March of uh, 54, and in May of 54, I was on my way to Guam. Guam? Which was that? Yeah. Uh, sack base. Yeah. We had uh, the bombers would fly in there and spend 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they bombed Korea out of. Was Guam. Was Guam. Oh, okay. Well, they bombed uh, Vietnam too out yeah. of Guam. Yeah. And first day I reported in there, we had uh, B-50s on the base. And I was riding in a Jeep. They picked me up at the Atlanta. Naval Station, that's where we had to land. Okay. And I uh, 
was in a Jeep, and I seen this airplane taking off. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was nowhere. Huh? Well, where the runway was, was like this, and straight down, 500 oh. feet. That was it. You like and flying when, off the island. Uh, when, yeah, when, when you uh, when you took off and you hit that downdraft, them damn airplanes went down. Oh my god! And they drop a hundred feet sometimes. Yeah. Then pretty soon here they come oh. pull them back up. You know. That got to take some getting used yeah, to. I suppose. Then we had the B thirty sixes that were there. Yeah. yeah. That was a big damn airplane. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those. Oh God, yeah, I think the gunny gunny room in the center of it was as big as this. Oh, room here. That's crazy. And uh, his wife and I was out in the backyard one day, and here's his B-36 flying low. And we couldn't figure what the hell was going on, so we went in and turned the radio on. Yeah. They couldn't get their landing gears down. Oh, no. So they was out over the ocean dumping fuel, doing this and doing that. And the next time... They came by. Here's this guy hanging in midair out there, beating on the landing gears oh. to get him to come down. This lieutenant, he took a parachute and cut it upside and made a uh, thing for him so he could get out there and beat on him landing wow. gears and, and get him to where they would locked in place. So and he they, used like the harness to tie him once, tie yeah, himself off. Yeah, he, he had that. You know, they finally got him back up, and then landing gears came down, and locked. Yeah, you saw all that. The B thirty six came in and landed fine. That's know. incredible. Oh yeah, you know, a lot of things. You, you know, you just yeah, just happened that you you have to remember. Wow. <laughs> How long were you out at the uh, at Guam? At Guam, I was there. Well, May of 54 until June of 56, my brother was killed in a car accident. The Red Cross sent me home, but I, I didn't come home right away. He had a wife and two kids. They did? That were young boys were f- six and four, I think, at wow, the time. You know, they had just bought a house, just bought a brand new car. Luckily, my brother had enough brains to get mortgage insurance. Yeah, sure. They made two payments on the house. She got the house free. She did. They made one payment on the car. And oh, she got the car free. That is great. Oh, God. So. Now, this was your brother. Was this your brother who also went in the Army? Yeah, he was in the Air Force during World War II. Fact. He was in the 509th Bomb Wing. Really? When they dropped the atomic bomb on Japan. Wow. He was a Tinian with that outfit. He was? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, all five of us. There were six boys. The one died when he was a year old, younger than me. But the rest of us, the three oldest boys was in World War II. Wow. My one oldest brother was in the Army. Howard, the next one, he was in the Air Force. And Walt, the next one, he was in the Navy. Oh, you had all three services. Yeah, they had all three services. And Walt had a ship blowed out from underneath of him. Oh, jeez. And he stayed, he spent a week in the water. He did? Waiting to get rescued, yeah. Oh, but, but wow. They, but they had uh, life you know, and, yeah. and rafts. Yeah. So, yeah, he was out there for, I think he said it was six or seven days. Man, I'm coming to, I, I found you too late. I could have interviewed all your... Yeah. Oh, look at this story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could hear and get this story yeah, from well, you. Well, you know, how in the hell? I had a heart attack in 76. You did? I had a heart attack in 2000. Oh, I've got heart problems, lung problems. I'm a diabetic. I've got... Uh, you got all the greatest hits. Yeah. Huh? I got Meniere's disease with Dizzy. Oh, do you? When you get up, yeah. and sometimes you don't move too, yeah. too good. And uh, what is a COPD? Sure, of course. Yeah, I got all five of them. <laughs> and here I am, 91 years old. Uh, and you sound as spry as ever. Uh, yeah, you know, well, the thing is, <clears throat> I, I, I coached and played sports in the service. That always helps. <clears throat> well, I played fast pitch softball. 
I won the base championship in Lincoln, Nebraska six years in a row. Oh, you did? Never played a game of basketball in my life, but I coached the basketball team, won <laughs> base championship five years in a row. Huh. And then when I retired, I played softball until I retired. Yeah. And a week before, the week I was, I didn't work. I went to a five-star tournament down in El Paso, Texas, with military yeah. tournament. We had. Uh, Were you catching two Air Force base? No, I I just coached. But oh, okay. At, at the, I was thirty-seven then. Oh, at thirty-six. All right, all right. And I got where I couldn't bend over and kid the damn ground ball. Oh, so I had to, I just went to coaching. But uh, we went down, we played the five-star tournament the week I retired. And we lost the first game. Yeah. Came back and we played seven more games and won all of them. And the, the last day of the tournament, we played three games. Oh, jeez. And in one day, and uh, I only I had two pitchers. Yeah, one kid there. He was he was forty five years old. Oh, jeez! And he he pitched the first game, pitched a no hitter. Wow! He says, Andy, you know we all went to Mexico City uh, down to Juarez last night. You know damn well we we didn't get back until four o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, the only way we're going to win a game today is if I pitch a no-hitter. And he went out and done that. <laughs> then we had the second game. Yeah. And and the other pitcher, he wasn't sober enough yet. to. Get, <laughs> so he got out there and threw a one-hitter. Wow. And then on the third game, this one guy, I, I still remember his name, is Ross from uh, Kansas. <clears throat> and he threw a knuckleball. With a, with a, oh, really? With a, with a softball. Yeah. Wow. And if the wind wasn't blowing from first base, he couldn't pitch for shit. Oh, no. <laughs> so we, we got out there on the first base. And, you know, yeah. yeah, okay, Ross. You you can pitch the third game. And he pitched a two-hitter. Unbelievable. And we, we won the base of a five-star tournament. Unbelievable. That and, is wonderful. Uh, Holloman Air Base, where I was stationed at the time, they had been down there eight years straight. Really? And and never won a tournament. And look at you. Yeah. So we went down there and I'd say I was a coach and a manager. And of course I had a lot of good help. And came back, we had a trophy about that guy. Did you really? I, yeah. And uh you were still in, right? Yeah, I was uh, I yeah. was still in. I retired four days later. Oh, you did? And, and what I wanted to do is I wanted them to postpone my retirement because we had the, uh, systems command, uh, softball tournament up at Albuquerque. <laughs> they weren't going to let you. No, they coach wouldn't. So I had to retire, <laughs> but, but they went up there and they won that. And, but we took this trophy in, put it on the boss's desk. Yeah. He was a GS 16, 17, wow. something like that. Wow. Big guy. And uh, it was comical. The day I met him, yeah. I was a uh, chief clerk in the oily room for the squadron. Okay. The headquarters squadron. And the guy that was with me there, he made tech and I didn't. Huh. So I got transferred to personal services. And I went down there and talked to this civilian down there, you know. And, uh, and he says, well, do you have any uh, uh, problems with anybody? Yeah, he says, you know, I hate feather merchants. Feather merchants? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> any civilian, you know. Yeah. So we, he said, well, we got a uh, <laughs> staff conference here over at the gym in about 30 minutes. And you're going with me. And he introduced me, and he told me, he says, the first thing out of his mouth, he says, none of you want to shit with this man. Because right out of the first thing he told me was he hated feather merchants. <laughs> so, <laughs> and them guys, they, they, they bust their guts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he couldn't get, but you couldn't get tech out of it. No, I couldn't get tech out. <laughs> I I, re- I rearranged his whole damn office. Yeah. I rearranged how they paid their bills. I went in there and I went, and they had bills that hadn't been paid for two years. What? Really? And nobody knew what the hell happened to them. So they so, were just they were just dying for your yeah yeah they, yeah they just. Uh, and they had a master sergeant running that job. It was a master sergeant's job. Wow. And I said, I made up different logs and different forms and this and that. And when I, and they re- restarted all new purchase orders. You know, if you buy anything in the service, you had to put yeah. a purchase order in. That's right. And I, I run the one for personnel services, and I started to log with that. And I knew every minute of the day where that purchase order was. Yeah. Every minute. And then I knew every minute when I put them in the mail to pay the company. Yeah, yeah. It was all on logging, on this sheet. And they came in and inspected the office. And, hell, we got an outstanding report. Why wouldn't you? Of course, yeah. you know. And my boss was going on vacation. And this is why I retired. My boss was going on vacation. He called me in. He says, Andy, I don't want you to say a damn word to nobody about this, but I've seen the promotion roster, and you're on it. Oh. I said, oh, great, boss. I'm sure I sure thank you for even putting me in. Sure. And uh, the day promotions came out, we all used to go to the NCO club and sit and drink coffee. Yeah. Eat donuts or whatever the hell we did, you know. Oh, of course. And then they would call all of the people who got promoted up to headquarters. Okay. Well, they called all the staff sergeants up there but me. Oh. And uh, I couldn't figure out what the hell happened. And this other master sergeant in the uh, personnel that I knew, he went in and checked the roster. Says, Andy, you're not on that roster no more. Oh, no. So the, how well, what the hell? The guy called yeah, you. Yeah. How in the hell can that be? If I was on the list when it came to the base, yeah. how could I get off of it? Yeah. He, nobody could answer that question. Huh. And I didn't get promoted. So I was straight that afternoon. I went back to the office and, and uh, cleaned my desk up. Went straight down to personnel and told them. That, yeah, because you're already over 20 years, right? Oh, yeah. I had, oh, I had, uh, I think it was six days ago. Okay. But then I had to extend for yeah. 60 days or some damn thing. And the colonel in base personnel, he says, Andy, there ain't no way in hell you can be out of here. By the end of August, I said, Colonel, you watch. I'll have my orders by the 1st of September. Yeah. Nah, he says, that, that's impossible. Well, I had a good buddy worked in retirement section down at Randolph Air Force Base that cut the retirement orders. Oh, we did? Yeah. And that I always call, helps. I called him and told him. Yeah. I'll be looking for it, and they'll be back up to your way within three days. And I got this call from the base personnel director at Colonel. Andy, I want to see you. Everybody on the base called me, Andy. Basically, yeah. everybody. Right. Because I always had jobs that I dealt with all of them, you know. Sure. And uh, he called me down there. <coughs> And he says, now, I'd like to know how in the hell you got these orders this quick. Because I got them yesterday. <laughs> you know, I said, tell Colonel, I told you I'd be off of this base yeah. by the end of August, you know. And, he, well, I guess you will be, you know. Was that the same Colonel who told you you were on the list? No, the... the uh, my boss was the one that told me I was on the list. Did you ever ask him about it? Yeah, he did. He went straight. To, he came back before I retired. Yeah, 
He got back and he said, Andy, what's going on here? I said, well, sir, I'm leaving. Why are you leaving? I said, well, a motion list came out and I wasn't on it. Yeah. And I ain't wasting no more of my life. I've got 20 years in, so I'm not wasting no more of my life Yeah. to uh, wait around here to get promoted. Right. So he said, well, I wish you wouldn't do that. And he said, now, your job is going to be changed to a, a GS, what was it, 12 or something like that. Yeah. And I want you to stay here and take it. Back in those days, they had some weird rules. Oh, yeah. You had to be out six months huh. as a retiree before you could take a civil service job. Okay. This is 67? 67, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I came back and I, I, reti- I retired. I left the base on uh, the 15th of August. Okay. I had 68 days of leave coming. Oh, nice. And I took every damn day of it. <laughs> and I Now, came- you retired out of Nebraska, right? No, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Oh, see, we missed a few bases in there, didn't we? Yeah, we... So, from Guam, where'd you go from Guam? Guam, I went to Lincoln. And okay. From Lincoln, I went to Taiwan. Taiwan? Taiwan. I was in charge of eight APOs. Wow. As a master sergeant, as a staff sergeant. As a staff sergeant. Yeah. I was in was charge Was that unaccompanied? Your wife, I had, I had did your wife sergeants go working for me. Did you really? <laughs> I, could, I couldn't, you know... This was when Korea Vietnam was really getting going. Yeah. We had 250 people in Saigon in the post office. Wow. We had four people of the 250 that had postal experience. Oh, jeez. So I had set up in writing a t- training program for kids to get their AFSCs. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this and that. And I sent it to squadron headquarters. And the group headquarters was first air, air postal group in Hawaii. They sent it to that. And I get a call from this colonel in Hawaii uh-huh. wanting me to go to Vietnam <laughs> and teach school. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I says, we got an operations NCO over in Okinawa that he's supposed to know more than I do. So why don't he go sure. instead of me? You know, he says, well, uh, this guy is an idiot. (laughs) I said, well, I I can believe that. I've dealt with him, you know. (laughs) And I said, well, I guess if I have to, I have to. But I came down with pneumonia the day I was supposed to leave. And I was at the Navy hospital there on on, uh, Taiwan, out of Taipei there. Lieutenant commander, I guess he was. He says, "No, son, you're not. You're not going anywhere. Right? You're not going anywhere. You got pneumonia. If I send anything with you, I'll send you home. Because huh. your wife can do the same thing for you that we can. You lay in bed and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, your wife's in the company. You yeah, and, there, right? and, yeah, yeah. She. Oh, she did. Her, her and the kids. We all flew over together. Okay, and flew back together okay. first first time." She joined me on Guam too. But, she did. Okay. Yeah, but we, we had we were six months apart there. Yeah. She wow. had she had two overseas assignments too. One thing that really tickled me, I was in my office up on Shilinko Air Base. It was out on top of a mountain. Yeah. It was a uh, communications base. Where was that at? And uh, Shilinko was in Taiwan. Okay. Up on, just right outside of Taipei. And I was up there as the AFPC, was the Air Force Postal Clerk. Yeah. Yeah, I was up there six months, I think. And I was sitting there at my desk there one day, and here come this OSI guy. And you know what the OSI was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the investigators. He says, Sarge, I have to talk to you. He says, do you have a son by the name of Howard? I said, yeah, he's about 12 years old. He says, yeah, but don't matter how old he is for what he did. Oh, jeez. 
And I said, well, what, what's the problem? Yeah. He says, well, I'm waiting for this master sergeant to come over because his boy's involved too. Oh, no. <laughs> and Madam Shankai Shek's sister. Now, she was a president's wife. Shankai Shek? Yeah. Wow. And her sister lived behind us uh-huh. over there on Taiwan. And these two boys took a BB gun and oh. shot the windows in their house. Oh, jeez. And, of course, the OSI, they they picked the kids up right away. Sure. So the OSI guy says, you know, I have been in this service for 25 years, and I ain't never heard of anything like this, you know. <laughs> and, of course, we, we told him right there and then, Matt started and I both. Well, hell, we'll pay for any damage that was done, you yeah, know. Of course. And uh, went over and talked to the lady that was involved, him and I, and said, now, if she has work that these boys can do, we'll have them do work. But we want to pay you for all the windows they broke. Yeah. No, she says, no. Boys will be boys. Huh. Huh. I don't expect any pay. I don't expect nothing. I do expect that the boys don't do it again. That's right. (laughs) So... The boys got away with it. Wow. That's, wow. But I couldn't believe it. Here's the OSI guy coming. He was a lieutenant colonel. Wow. Well, because it was civilian, right, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for that type of a civilian, you know. Yeah, hell, yeah. she's Shanghai Shek's wife's sister. Still got to put a jolt up your spine, though, when he oh, shows yeah, up. put a jolt. A damn good jolt. Hi. <laughs> no she, she would not accept the kids doing any work for her. Oh, that's great. She wouldn't accept a dime from us to pay for the windows. Wow. Or nothing. That's the only time I really had any problems with uh, with the kids. How long did you stay there at uh, Taipei? I was there, what, two and a half years, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And where'd they, where'd they ship you off from there? To uh, Holloman Air Base in New Mexico. Oh, they did? See, I had a chance. The, the Army was looking for postal people. They wanted to start their own APO business. Oh, they did. And I had 19 years in the Air Force yeah. at that time, you know. Yeah. And uh, these major and lieutenant colonel came came to Taiwan, and they talked to me. What they were looking for was NCOs in the Air Force, the postal system, that they could make warrant officers oh. and start their own APO business. That sounds like a hell of an opportunity. Oh, yeah. And I said, boy, I'd be sure God, I'll, I'll stay for 30 years if I can do yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And uh, they put that down on the paper, and they went back. And about a month later, they called me and says, Andy, we, we just, uh, you've got too many years in, oh. and we think that you'll make one officer and then retire. I said, I told you at the time. Hell, that's the best rank in the damn service. Sure. Yeah, and and if I could get uh, a warrant officer, hell, I'd stay for thirty years. Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, the, the people that's running the system, they don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just retire. Was Holloman your last duty assignment? Holloman was my last duty station, and that's uh, where I was the head clerk in the orderly room. As a staff sergeant. As a staff sergeant under the first sergeant. Which was a tech sergeant position. Yeah. That's yeah. why they put me there. Yeah. So, because they thought I'd make tech too. But, uh, and the first sergeant and I, we got along pretty damn good. I made a few changes and yeah. this and that. And this other guy made staff sergeant, so they had to do with, I went to the, to the door. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I got in personal services. Yeah. Guys, I had the hobby shop, the, Ceramic shop, the service club, the uh, financial part of uh, personal services, yeah. and all that. I had all that under me. Wow. The, the yeah, gym, yeah. yeah. The gym and all that. Then I coached the base softball <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> and retired with a giant trophy. That's not too bad. Yep. So what do you think, uh, looking back at your military career did you do it again seemed to have treated treated you pretty well with, with yeah, some exceptions in there of course well, yeah you know 
the one thing I really had uh, regrets on was back in uh, 66, 67, discipline. What, what's that? Discipline. Discipline? Was going down. Hell, I had an airman. Could you tell the change? I had an airman second class that couldn't make it to work to save his ass yeah. seven days a week. Yeah. So I put him on two weeks extra duty. Okay. Well, hell, I was in more trouble than he was. Because I, you did that to him? Because I did. He was the Mexican kid. Oh, yeah. And I put him on two weeks extra duty. Yeah. And uh, I was in more trouble than he was. And you could see that changing in the higher in the oh, command. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just. Interesting. I had a whack or an officer, female. Yeah. As my boss for a couple of years. And you ain't never heard such language. Oh, coming yeah? out of her in your life. Really? She was in a death hand death march. What? Really? Yeah, really. And she she had, oh God, I think she had 29, 30 years in the service. Unbelievable. When, when I worked for her. Yeah. And I had this major come in one time and, and he wanted his mail. And normally I held it until they came on base. Yeah. But he had so damn much of it, I sent it down to the squadron where he was going to be. Okay. And he started hollering and cussing at me. I said, whoa, Major, whoa. Just a minute. I've got somebody here on the phone. And I, I called his Major up. You send that son of a bitch up to me. Is that what she said? Yeah. And he came back about an hour later. Apologize like all hell. No, I don't want to ever see that lady in my life again. You know, because she didn't hold back nothing. Yeah. She was something else, but she finally retired and died. Wow. Uh, yeah, she was in a Patan death march. That's, wow. That's, yeah, that's and, and you, 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 you have to respect somebody like Heck that. Heck yeah, yeah. You know, and, and uh, she, she was... She was in pretty good health, I guess, when she got done with that. That she went ahead and stayed in. A lot of them got out. And so she became a prisoner of war, I yeah, guess? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, over at uh, Corregidor. Unbelievable. She was in the Army back in those days. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, she was a whack, right? Yeah, yeah. The Women's uh, Army Corps? Yeah. Uh, she, <laughs> uh, she, was, she was a hell of a lady. And like I say, the... Uh, December 7th of 1941. I was 11 and my brother was 12 and we was in the pool hall playing golf, playing pool. When they got attacked? When they got attacked and they came over the radio. How old, tell me again, how old were you and how far away were you when the Hindenburg went off? Well, it was about two miles away from that. Golly. And that was, I, I lived in Lakewood. At wow. that home they had 30 kids. Jeez. Yes, we lived there, and we we never could figure it out. But then it came out in the newspaper. Yeah, what it was, you know. You knew something had happened. Right? We knew something had happened because it it shook the windows in the house. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, that thing made a hell of a racket. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget it. That's a hell of a life. Yeah. That is a hell of a life. Yeah. Well, you know, and then where well, we lived in Jersey. They had these big 12-inch cannons. Oh, they did? Bored back into the mountainside along the ocean. Oh, coastal defense. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We had, I don't know, it was eight, seven or eight of them in there. Yeah. And once a year, they'd fire them just to make sure they fired. Right. And we, the schoolhouse was, oh, God, 30 miles, 40 miles from there. Yeah. And it rattled. When they fired them cannons, it rattled the windows in the schoolhouse. Wow. Oh, God. Building shook. Jeez, I had no idea. Those things must have been 30 feet long. Wow. And they they reeled them in and out and reeled them yeah, out, you know. Yeah. And they'd fire one, then they'd fire two, and they'd fire three. Wow. And boy, they just shook that whole country. Jeez, what a thrill as a kid, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we had a, a uh, Earl Naval Ammunition Dump there at Leonardo. Where they loaded ammunition on the warships. Yeah. And one of them blew up. Oh, no. Oh, God. That that really shook the ground, too. Oh, jeez. Good. 
<laughs> things like that. It's, I guess you never will forget it. No, you won't. <laughs> you know, it's just the wars. And we belong to, brother and I, we belong to an outfit with the boys. Boys put backs, packs on your back, and we walk up and down the coastline. Yeah, looking for saboteurs and crap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did that for two, three years. Yeah, sure, because right before the war, there was a real, there was a real threat. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They seen German submarines yeah. off the coast of Jersey. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. So we, we did that for oh god, three, four years. Oh, you did. Up and down there. Well, Sergeant Anderson, yeah. it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. I really did. I'm good talking about the good old days. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing your life with me. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Well, that was quite a story of over 40 years of incredible service to our country. On behalf of Staff Sergeant Anderson, I'd like to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please leave a like or a comment and share the podcast with someone else. And as always... Make sure to download the next episode for more service origin stories. So until next time, on your feet, fallout!